0: I'm Mark Vinette and this is the Story of America. Hello and welcome. In this episode, we begin exploring the illuminating and vibrant post-Paleo-American period which lasted up to the arrival of Europeans in the United States during the Age of Exploration. Join me on a fascinating, epic trek back to the enthralling and revealing pre-Columbian period of America. The earliest populations in North America are collectively known as Paleo-Americans. The Paleo-American era precedes the advent of agriculture and is characterized by a nomadic hunting and gathering lifestyle. Big game hunting was a large component of the subsistence strategy of the Paleo-American populations until their activities contributed to the extinction of the continent's Ice Age megafauna, including mammoths, mastodons, and ancient bison. Although the indications and timing of the end of this stage vary between regions, the Paleoamerican era is taken to have lasted until about 10,000 years ago, when the last glacial period ended, causing sea levels to rise and flood the Beringia land bridge closing the primary migration route from Siberia. At this time, the continent's climate stabilized and its inhabitants began gradually shifting to a more sedentary, small-game hunting and agricultural existence. Following the destructive, planet-altering KT extinction event that killed all the terrestrial dinosaurs, mammals emerged from deep history and flourished, evolving into primates, then hominids, And later, early archaic humans. Less than 100,000 years ago, humans began to exhibit evidence of behavioral modernity. Our direct ancestors, Homo sapiens, meaning wise humans, developed advantages that explain their evolutionary success, including a larger, well developed brain, which enables advanced cognitive skills, including flexible thinking, abstract reasoning language, problem-solving, imagination, and culture through social learning. These modern humans used tools frequently and effectively, built fires, cooked food, clothed themselves, and created numerous other technologies and arts. They had the power to shape their future and were the first hominids to be self-aware and conscious of themselves and their place in the world. For example, during the Upper Paleolithic or Late Stone Age, European early modern humans known as Cro-Magnons exhibited a creativity and spiritual awareness of the human mind and are well-renowned for producing a diverse array of artistic works, including cave paintings, figurines, perforated batons, geometric patterns, decorative beads, plant fiber clothes colored with various plant-based dyes, bone flutes, and whistles. They also buried their dead. The Stone Age, by the way, was a time early in the development of human cultures, before the use of metals, when tools and weapons were made of stone. The Stone Age in North America began when human beings first arrived in the New World and ended in some areas about 5,000 years ago at the earliest. The first humans to arrive in North America were in many ways similar in development to the Stone Age Cro Magnons. At a time when the animal kingdom ruled the continent, these nomad foragers roamed the land following the movement of wild beasts, while coastally adapted seafarers hunted marine mammals, caught fish, and harvested marine plants. The terrestrial migrants eventually spread and occupied the far reaches of North America while their coastal migrant counterparts traveled the river systems inland. The unstable climate led to widespread migration, with early Paleo-Americans soon spreading throughout the Americas, diversifying into many hundreds of culturally distinct tribes. The Paleo-Americans were hunter-gatherers, likely characterized by small, mobile bands consisting of approximately 20-40 to members of an extended family. These groups moved from place to place as preferred resources were depleted and new supplies were sought. The vastness of the North American continent and the variety of its climates, ecology, vegetation, fauna, and landforms led ancient peoples to coalesce into many distinct linguistic and cultural groups. 10,000 years ago, climate conditions were then very similar to today's. Numerous archaeological cultures have been identified by paleoanthropologists. Skeletal remains of a prehistoric Paleo-American man found on a bank on the Columbia River in Kennewick, Washington State is one of the most complete ancient skeletons ever found in North America. Generally known as Kennewick Man, scientific analysis revealed that the 9000-year-old bones had most generic similarity among living peoples to Native Americans, including those in the Columbia River region where the skeleton was discovered. Kennewick man was found to have lived almost exclusively on a diet of marine mammals for the last 20 or so years of his life, and that the water he drank was glacial meltwater. Estimated to be 40 years old at the time of death, it was determined that he was deliberately buried. The results of genetic investigations strongly pointed towards a Native American ancestry of Kennewick man. The genetic data adds to evidence that ancestors of the New World's Aboriginal peoples originated in Siberia and migrated across a landmass that spanned the Bering Strait to Alaska during the last Ice Age. The discovery of Kennewick man led to considerable controversy for more than a decade. Native American tribes claimed ownership of the remains and the right to rebury Kennewick man according to their customs and to refuse scientific study of the ancestor they referred to as the Ancient One. The remains were buried in February 2017, with members of five Columbia Basin tribes in attendance, at an undisclosed location in the area they were first discovered. The pre-Columbian period incorporates the history of North America before the appearance of significant European influences on the continent, spanning the time of the original settlement by the first arrivals to European colonization. While the phrase pre-Columbian era literally refers only to the time preceding Christopher Columbus's voyages of 1492, in practice the phrase is usually used to denote the entire history of indigenous North American cultures until those cultures were extensively altered by Europeans. Many pre-Columbian civilizations in North America were marked by permanent settlements, cities, agriculture, civic and monumental architecture, major earthworks, and complex societal hierarchies. Some of these civilizations have long faded by the time of the first permanent European colonies, and are known only through archeological investigations and oral history. Other civilizations were contemporary with the colonial period and were described in European historical accounts of the time. Only a few had their own written records, giving modern historians glimpses of their ancient culture and knowledge. Now. Let's interrupt our series narrative to delve into the different historical words, terms, abbreviations, and phrases you will hear during this series regarding the United States. Join me as we explore the many choices and divergent implications of these sometimes controversial words of history. Are the original peoples of America called Indians, Aboriginals, Native Americans, Amerindians, Indigenous Americans, First Nations? What are meant by the terms prehistoric, big history, deep time, and deep history? Is it BC and AD or CE and BCE? What about BP, BYA, MYA, and TYA? Some people think that dates and chronology are the most boring aspects of history. Well, I am excited about chronology. Chronology is everything in history. An understanding of chronology leads to all sorts of discoveries and abilities to see the connections. History is detective work, and establishing a timeline of events is essential to putting the puzzle back together. A brief word about chronology and the terms, codes, shortenings, and abbreviations used to describe it. Perhaps the best-known standard abbreviations to identify different time periods are the perennial BC, meaning before Christ, which refers to the time in years before the traditional birth of Jesus Christ, AD, meaning Anno Domini, which is Latin for in the year of the Lord, refers to the time in years after the traditional birth of Jesus Christ. These days, some use the more modern CE, meaning Common Era, and BCE, meaning Before Common Era, but that is really just the Christian calendar dates given sanitized new names. Others employ the letters BP, denoting Before Present. When referring to millions of years, Many use the letters MYA. For example, the KT extinction asteroid which struck Mexico and killed all the land dinosaurs occurred about 66 MYA, that is 66 million years ago. BYA refers to billions and TYA to thousands. Throughout this series, I will use some of the previously explained abbreviations at different times and for various situations, but I will always try to keep things simple and avoid confusion. The term prehistoric deals with ancient cultures that did not have writing of any kind. Prehistory covers past human life from its origins up to the advent of written records. History That is, the human past documented in some form of writing, began in North America about 1000 BC in Mexico, and as recently as the late 19th century AD in parts of the continent. Because there are no written records for prehistory, prehistorians rely entirely on material remains for evidence. The term big history refers to an academic discipline which examines history from the Big Bang. To the present. Deep time is the 4.5 billion year time frame within which scientists believe the Earth has existed and which is supported by the observation of natural, mostly geological, phenomena. Deep history is a term for the distant past of the human species. Let's now turn to the words used when referring to the first peoples of North America and their descendants. The choice of words and terms vary and are without consensus in both the indigenous and non-indigenous peoples of North America. Note that not one word or term is perfect or accepted by all. When discussing broad groups of peoples, naming may be based on shared language, region, culture, or historical relationship. Many English exonyms have been used to refer to the indigenous peoples of North America who were resident on the continent when European colonists arrived, during the Age of Exploration. Some of these names were based on French, Spanish, or other European language terminology used by explorers and early colonists. Some resulted from the colonists' attempt to translate endonyms from the native language into their own and some were pejorative terms arising out of prejudgment and fear during periods of conflict between the cultures involved. Over the past half-century, indigenous peoples in North America have had more of a voice in discussions of how they wish to be referred, pressing for the elimination of terms widely considered to be obsolete or inaccurate. Responding to these wishes, the United States government proposed the use of the term Native American, to recognize the primacy of indigenous peoples' tenure in the nation. The term has become widespread nationally, but only partially accepted by indigenous groups themselves. Other naming conventions have been proposed and used, but none are accepted by all indigenous groups. Typically, each name has a particular audience and political or cultural connotation, and regional usage varies. The term Amerindian is a portmanteau of American Indian, though it can also be parsed as a blend of the words American and Indigenous. In French, the term Amerindien is used to describe the peoples residing in the Americas prior to European contact. In Canada, while the legal designation remains, the term Indian is generally considered offensive when used by non-natives. The term First Nations and indigenous peoples are preferred for native peoples generally. In Mexico, the preferred expression is the Spanish term for indigenous peoples, pueblos indigenas. I believe respect is primordial. Outsiders or non members of a group should never decide the appropriate designation when there is a consensus within the respective group. When there is not, however, as is the case for North American Indigenous Peoples, then commentators such as myself should employ one or many of the broadly acceptable appellations, which is what I plan to do during this series. With this in mind, I will employ various general terms for different effect and situations. I hope this good-faith attempt to expose this controversy will be looked upon sympathetically by you, the listener as I employ various expressions throughout this series. And finally, what is the definition of North America and how should the continent be delimited geographically? As explained in episode 1 of this series, some define North America at its broadest and includes 29 countries from Canada to Panama. Others prefer a narrow view including only two nations, Canada and the United States. For the purposes of this series, North America includes the USA, Canada, and Mexico. Next time, we will resume our series narrative and continue discovering pre-Columbian cultures and civilizations, edging ever closer to the arrival of Europeans on the continent during the Great Age of Exploration. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the story.